Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We're joining you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good, Good morning. morning. Chuck and Joanne, as we enter into this Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month, reminding us and everyone that all of today is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We begin this show, this hour, by entering into the morning offering prayer. Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne, we are entering into the month of December today. Oh, we are, Father. With this first Friday month, our first Friday today of the month of December, we get to kind of consider the Sacred Heart of Jesus while also preparing for some pretty momentous uh, events in the life of the Church. We enter into a new season in just a matter of hours, the season of Advent. Of course, Advent prepares us for the coming of the Lord in a variety of ways. And then, of course, we look forward to the, uh, the huge celebration, the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ at the end of this month. But then also, it just naturally kind of prepares us to ask questions about life, about the present moment, and looking ahead to, of course, a new year. Uh, but nevertheless, today, this first Friday of the month, and December 1st as well, uh, we just have a moment to kind of bask in the glory of the Lord, to consider the reality of the Sacred Heart of Jesus with all of these different huge events. And uh, let us not forget that for those of us who know of uh, the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, for those of us who are familiar with the Lord and the reality of His love and mercy that He speaks of so beautifully, and especially the, those promises He makes to humanity, um, this is coming upon a huge anniversary, the 350th yes, anniversary of those apparitions of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary. Now, we might have listeners right now mm -hmm. who are like, whoa, he talks really <laughs> fast. He said too much. Or, whoa, I don't even know about the Sacred Heart. <laughs> I know about Jesus. And then they're like, what is this radio station? How did I just wanted the news? <laughs> well, this is the reality. Stay tuned. We're giving you the truth. Um, so there's so much, just so much to cover. And you know, this is the beautiful thing, Chuck and Joanne. Every first Friday, we have the Sacred Heart Hour brought to you by St. Gabriel Radio. And it's like, we're always like, what are we going to talk about now? Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord Jesus. And it never fails. There's always something to talk about. You it's know? true, Father. <laughs> it's true. This is not manufactured by us. This is purely brought to you by the Holy Spirit. And We're in sales, live. not management. And boy, is it ever. It is live. <laughs> so come Holy Spirit. Well, yes. one, one thought I have, Father, um, is really maybe starting off talking about Advent. Because this is the time of preparation. And it's four weeks. And each time we talk about an Advent wreath, I, I sort of, that's not important to me. It wasn't <laughs> until the show, until I started to prep to understand what this was about. That's yeah. a good point, Jack. Yeah. And, and, and so making a, a, the Advent wreath a priority for your family. Yes, absolutely. Why, why the Advent wreath and why yeah. should it be a priority? And then we'll go through the four different weeks yep. and uh, the, met the themes behind each week. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, Joanne loves to bring this up, and over the years we've covered this, is that, that pearl of wisdom from Mother Angelica, those holy reminders. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's not just having 
uh, an image of our Lord, of our Lady, or one of the saints who are our best friends, having an image of that individual in our home, it's kind of like even the sacramentals that change with the different seasons. And like you said, Chuck, you know, it's such a beautiful tradition and custom as we enter into the season of Advent to then have an Advent wreath. And of course, the traditional layout of that is a wreath that's laying flat and then, you know, dispersed throughout the, uh, interspersed throughout the wreath is the four candles, three that are violet or purple in color and one that is, wait a minute, Rose. Rose. Because none of us want to get punched in the nose. <laughs> Father Grimes, may he rest in peace. Thank uh-huh. you for that quote. Yes. <laughs> you live on. Oh, absolutely. Every <laughs> so year. So you got those four candles, but the four candles are, you know, around or within the wreath. And, you know, Chuck, we were highlighting just before we went live, you know, even the circular shape of the wreath reminds us of something about the Lord, something about God, the living God. Um, just being round in nature, there's no beginning, there's no end. You know, the Lord is Lord. And I think, you know, even just looking at the circular uh, design, the shape of the wreath, we're reminded, for those of us who know what it symbolizes, what it calls to mind, we're just reminded of the permanence and the stability of God. And that gives us incredible peace because with so much stuff changing in the world. And even the color of the candles. Absolutely. We put it on our dining room table and you've got, you know, the red and the green and the gold, but there's the purple. Yeah. And the rose. Yeah. And it really is a call to preparation into time of sacrifice and prayer. Yep. Okay, Father, you can verify this now. Chuck Wilson and Uh the listeners. Here we go. Here we go. go. (laughs) (laughs) They're purple. Mm -hmm. That signifies a time of prayer, penance, Mm -hmm. and sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that correct? True. Absolutely. Yes, you pass. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) So this is a real time. Yes. Yeah. A deeper prayer. Yep. On our penance, yeah. getting the confession. Yep. Really preparing, and then our sacrifice. Yeah. So we start with the first week, the first candle, which is purple, signifies hope. Isaiah, who foretold the birth of Christ. Right. And I think you know it's important. Like we go through as we make the journey through uh, Advent, we're journeying through salvation history. You know, and this is one of the reasons why, you know, if you ever hear someone who expresses frustration or complaint out of ignorance about the Catholic faith, they'll say, well, you guys don't, you don't use enough of the Bible. You don't believe mm-hmm. in the Bible. If anyone makes a heartfelt, intentional journey where they attend Holy Mass throughout the season of Advent, we're reliving the summary of salvation history. We go back to the prophets. We go back to, you know, the Holy Prophet Isaiah where he gives us the reality of hope by foretelling the coming of the Messiah, hmm. the one who will save us, the Christ. You know, And of course, this has manifold implications, right? It helps us pay attention to the coming of the Lord. We're not abandoned. We're not alone. We're not just cast off in the darkness forever. The Lord is coming. He is soon to come. But then Isaiah even lets us know what it is we're supposed to look for in the Messiah. And then he lets us know about, you know, what are the situations? What's the context around the coming of the Messiah? And so the hope is deeply planted within us. And in that first week of Advent, what's symbolized by, we might say, that first candle, the first purple or violet candle, you know, the journey's beginning. So Advent is really a preparation for the coming of the Lord. It's not until you, know, you jump ahead towards the end of the season that we actually prepare for the celebration of the birth. But Advent is really, here's one of those ginormously long words. It's an eschatological season. It prepares us for the, the coming of the Lord at the end of the world. So what does that do for the Christian? It doesn't, it's not meant to fill us with fear or panic about, are we ready? Are we prepared for the end of the world? No. 
Are we ready or prepared for the coming of Jesus? Of course, you and I tend to, as a result of the way we live life, look ahead to Christmas, but it's really supposed to open our heart to the reality of life itself and how life is supposed to be lived for all eternity. And, you know, today, so many people, because I think of the um, source of information is often so negative, yes, that yeah. hope is just lacking. Yeah. But I think to focus on yeah. that we do have a Messiah, Yeah. he has come, we're preparing to celebrate Christmas, yeah. the birth of Christ, is so joyful, yeah. and it renews our hope. Yeah. It renews our hope in what is true, and not, you know, the things that are happening today that pass away. This is eternal. Right. I think, you know, if we think about just the reality of the present moment and what's going on, most of us fall into one of two categories. We're desperate for answers, yeah. or we're worn out because everyone's coming to us for the answers. Ah, that's interesting. There's a lot of people who are put in the position of always having to give an answer, always mm -hmm. having to give a defense, always having mm -hmm. to give an explanation. And that's just as wearisome as the one who's looking for answers. In fact, it might even be more so. And I think regardless of where you might fall, the one desperate mm -hmm. for answers, desperate mm -hmm. for clarity, desperate for direction, or the one who's worn down because you're always on it. Hmm. You're always having to give an answer, always having to defend, always having to explain. For both categories, the Lord is the one who brings consolation. For those who are desperate for direction and yeah. advice and counsel, the Lord is the source of truth and only the Lord. For those who are constantly having to be on and explain and defend. Like you, Father. <laughs> like a live show on the first Friday of the month. Yeah. You know, for someone who's tempted to be in that position, you just direct it to the Lord. Yeah. You know, we must go to the Lord. We must seek the Lord. Let's and, present ourselves to Jesus. And that's our hope. And the second candle, which is also purple, signifies faith, called the Bethlehem candle. Mary and Joseph journey to Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting how we need to look at our journeys yeah. and the faith on our journeys. Where are we journeying to? Yep. And I think that's important, right? Because, you know, if we just stay put, then eventually everything just passes us by. Yeah. You know, the Lord is Go asking backwards. us to set out on a journey to come to him. And the beautiful thing is like the Lord... The Lord starts to journey towards us to meet us where we are, but we do need to be willing to get up and go. And I think that's very important. We have to be willing to get up and go, get up and move towards the Lord. And of course, I you know, the way we're explaining the symbolism of the Advent wreath and the beauty and the dignity and the symbolism of the candles, you know, we explained hope first. There's a lot of people who have faith. There's a lot of people who believe. But notice how without hope you get worn down. You get tired. Start with hope first. Hope keeps you moving. Yeah. Faith gives you the direction, right? Mm, and it's it's not good. either or, it's both and. and. That's the beauty of our faith. It's always both and. And then we go to the third candle. I which love is, that joy. Which is ro rose, uh, rose <laughs> and symbolizes joy. Reminds us of the joy that the world experienced at the birth yep. of Christ. Absolutely. And we got to celebrate that joy. It's true. If yeah. we don't celebrate joy to the people, yep. how are they going to experience Christ? Right. And I think, you know, one the, to kind of put it in the context, Advent is a beautiful season of preparation, but it's also a beautiful season of penance. You know, there's a penitential character to it. Well, but we have to remember, penance is not punishment. Penance is just like letting go of our attachments to things that can keep us away from the Lord. And in the midst of that, 
when we think about letting go of things, you know, we can so easily get distracted and become filled with what? Sorrow or regret. No, the message is one of joy. You're letting go so that your hands are free to grasp the one who means everything. And I, I think it was a homily years ago where Father said, you know, think of joy as Jesus, yep. others, yep. and our yes. Yes. Our yes to him and yeah. our yes to others. Yep. And ever since then, I look at joy. You know, you think of joy at Christmas time, especially it's, you know, everywhere. But it it, it really is yeah. for all time. Yeah. And I think, if, you know, if you go into a lot of the shops and stores right now, if you're, oh, running, yeah. if you're running errands, you'll see that word joy. Mm. You know, and I was always taught, um, and I've heard it many different, explained many different ways, but it's like Jesus, others, and you. Oh, so I've heard the, it that way you know, too. I come last. Yeah, Jesus is first, others, well, yeah. and then me. And when you see that, I, I, it's just a beautiful reminder. No matter yes. where I go, I see the word joy. It's like, okay, that's right. Jesus gets priority then others, and then last, me. So that means yeah, I have to wait good. in line and watch everybody <laughs> ahead of me? With, a, with joy. Me, oh, you joy. can do that with joy. joy. <laughs> and the fourth one, Father, is we go back to purple, signifies peace, called the angel candle, reminds us of the message of the angel, peace on earth, goodwill towards man. And that final candle, you know, brings us into the last, the fourth week of Advent, which brings us to basically the precipice of jumping into the joy of the nativity. You know, how could we know to where we've been called if the Lord had not been born among us and with his own voice, with his own eyes, and of course, the reality of his heart. He manifested the Father's love for us. So through his birth, you know, through the incarnation and then his birth and nativity, we know the one to follow. And we know where he leads us, the Father in heaven. All right, another, really, another question, Father. I'll go ahead, Ann. In the upper room, they were frightened. Yeah. They were just, didn't know what to do. The Lord has been crucified yeah. and so forth. And he shows, yeah. he comes. Isn't that where he said, peace be with you? Yeah, when he appeared. And the importance of peace, mm -hmm. meaning it's like, I got you covered. Yeah. You have nothing to worry about. You're good. I'm here. So we, we underestimate the power of just having internal peace. That's true. I think, I think there's something for us important to just kind of meditate upon. Who is the source of the peace that truly transform? It's Jesus. How often in the Gospels does Jesus come and say, peace? And when he does, what's going on? Like you said, in that example of, you know, after the, uh, the Passion, they're in the upper room. They're in fear. And he comes, peace be with you, you know? So why, where does it all begin, if not at the nativity? And how do the angels greet, you know? Um, the message of the Father is one of love, mercy, so as to what? Cultivate peace. And you don't need to look very far anymore or listen very long to something to realize our world is in desperate need of peace. But it's not a peace that can be brought about by politicians. It's a peace that can only brought be brought about by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Well, which brings us back to the enthronement, because the second promise is I will give peace to the families or to the household. Yep. And Jesus brings peace and he's invited us to make him the king, brother, friend, savior, welcome him into our home, into our heart, because as you say, Father, only he can bring that peace. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is a perfect time during Advent as we are preparing 
is to talk about a family that maybe this is a time to prepare to enthrone. Yeah, absolutely. And if and also a time to renew your enthronement. And I know, Father, part of um, a lot of the people listening to us feel like I've done it, nothing's happened. <laughs> yeah. Situation has gotten worse. Right, yeah. Children aren't going to mass, yeah. all the issues. Breakdown in communication. Communication yep. and so forth. Yeah. But I think that circle that you mentioned on the on the reef says, no, it's, the Lord is in that circle. Right. He's in with us. He ne- he's never ending. He's never going to end. Yeah. And you're only in a chapter of your life. Right. You haven't seen what's going to go down. Yeah. But I, and I think that's that's one of the, the, we might call it the significance, the sign value, mm-hmm. the significance of Advent. It gives us a, a moment to like recalibrate, restart, to realize this is a journey to where are we going? Heaven, who gets us there? Jesus. How do we get moving? We open our heart to him right now. And as the family goes, so will the world go. And you know, for those who are listening and they've already perhaps done the enthronement where they've acknowledged Jesus Christ as king, brother, and friend in their home, in their life, in their heart, they've done that and there's still work to be done. I mean, the thing is, it's like persevere at the task at hand, continue every moment to open your heart to the Lord Jesus. Every First Friday, commit to that reality of reparation. The Thursday night before the First Friday, open your mind, open your heart, open your home through like an hour of prayer. You know, whether you're going to the church, participating in a group prayer, or just in the silence of your home, you know, maybe after the little ones have put to bed, or after you've turned off the news and you're just kind of making your examination of conscience, enter into a time of prayer to really renew that openness to Jesus. That's not a one and done. You know, every day we have to make that act of the will to remain open to Jesus, to receive the peace that he gives, not as the world gives it, but as he gives it. And I think if we could just remind ourselves, like a um, couple years ago, we've been on the show for so long, you know, a couple years ago, uh, the Holy Spirit kind of guided us to realize just how the Lord comes to us through the family. The Lord comes to us through the home. You know, he didn't come galloping on some mighty horse as a general, as a conqueror. He came to us as the infant born into a family life, into a home. Um, and a home where there was incredible sorrow. There was, you know, confusion. They were on the road. They were traveling, you know. So there's nothing perfect or beautiful about it from the human perspective, but marvelously wonderful from the Father in Heaven's perspective. And in the midst of all of that, he brings us peace. And I think right there, a lot of people will delay or push off or say no to the invitation of having Jesus come into their home and making that act of the will to acknowledge him as king, brother, and friend, because they'll say, my house is a mess. My family life is chaotic. You know, I've got World War III taking place within Mm -hmm. my family members. I'm not ready for the Lord. It's like, but remember where he was born, Mm -hmm. when he was born. That's great, How he was born. He came into the midst of a world in chaos. He wants to enter into our lives, even if there's chaos. He wants to enter in. And, you know, why would we not say yes? Why would we not accept him, you know? Well, one thing, Father, this leads into, I have topic two this this time, <laughs> Father. Topic two is really as we start a new liturgical year. Yeah. I mean, it's starting now. now. You're right, yeah. <laughs> We're there. <laughs> we wanted to maybe share with our listeners a little bit and challenge them to come up with a spiritual plan as a family for the year. 
you have mentioned certain things that, that they can be doing mm. as a family. Because I think, I was thinking about this. Families get together, they plan a vacation. They sit down, where they're going to go, how they're going to get there, where they're going to stay. Yeah. They got to go out and make all these purchases and so forth. Yep. And they are going to school. We got to get all the books. We got to do all this. It's true. When does a family say, what is our spiritual plan this year? What can we do differently to bring Christ into our home? No, I think that's very basic and very brilliant. Yeah, that's good. We good. need it. We yeah. need it. Yeah. And, and, and my suggestion would be, first of all, talk as a family. Absolutely. Yeah. And some suggestions would be, and we can go around the table. First one is, if you haven't enthroned your home, mm. enthroned your home. Yeah. And go on, welcome his heart, find out as much as you can about it. Yeah. And why it makes sense for our family. If you have, do your renewal. Uh, and then go ahead, Joanne. What well, and if you've, if you've done the enthronement, I was just speaking to a friend actually last week who was feeling like, as we have talked about, I've done that and, you know, things are pretty much the same. And yeah, I've done that. So, well, where, where is, is your image hanging? Well, it's in the back hall. I said, well, how often do you really pay attention? And even as you're walking by, say, Jesus, I love you. Or, you know, have mercy on me and my family. Well, I don't. So, you know, it's like expose and honor. And so yeah. it might be a good opportunity as you're kind of rearranging things for the tree and the decorations, move it to a place yep. where you can see it, but also start using that image as a, um, as a place of prayer, mm. even just a small prayer, just acknowledging that our Lord is present. You've invited yeah. him in a new way. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and for this friend of mine, it was like, Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. I can do that. Very doable. You know, and in that back hall, it's kind of lonely. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but even like the nativity scene, Yeah. you know, and we always had one that was plastic. That was, we had a nice one, you know, they don't want it to break, but there's a hands-on one right? that they can, you know, children can just interact with Jesus and the, and the wise men and, you know, and, and really start to really understand because it's confusing. Mm -hmm. It's confusing because children have all these cartoon characters and, and princesses and superheroes and to say, this is real. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This well, is the, real. The other thing is, as families meet, I think making Sunday a priority. Totally. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one. With Reclaim that, Sunday. That, that goes right to the top. It's true. They call the food chain. Yep. That's up here, Father. So that's the big steak. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A 42 ounce. Oh, my gosh. I like yeah. that one. Leftovers for home. Yeah. <laughs> but unless you really make that. No, it's true. Absolutely. And take your calendar and yeah. put on every Sunday mass, mass, mass. Exactly. All the way through. And even the time. And yeah. the time. It's so true. And so forth. And let the yeah. family know this is part of our spiritual plan. Yeah. And, you know, in that, okay, just to call a spade a spade, you know, the vigil mass is a cop out. So I probably just got a bunch of enemies. I don't care. But the thing is, when you go to the vigil mass and your attitude is, I want to get it out of the way, 
you missed the boat, you lost your ticket, you're Abs- going you're going nowhere. Absolutely. You know, it is the holy sacrifice of the mass and it's amazing. And it's a true <laughs> it's a true privilege and a blessing to be able to attend if you need it. But the attitude oftentimes behind going to the vigil mass, I just need to get it out of the way. That summarizes the reality of the spiritual life within, you know. And I think reclaiming the Lord's Day as a true Sabbath to pray, worship, and rest, you know, everyone knows, okay, I got to pray. I got to go Holy Mass. Do you rest? Yeah. Eh, Well, no wonder by Wednesday you're exposed nerve. There's nothing wrong with having a treat. Absolutely. Family, to yeah. look forward to getting a little donut. Yeah. Or, you know, we would get maybe a little White Castle. <laughs> but I mean, something. That was Cincinnati. <laughs> I know. I still like those. White In New Castle. England, we didn't even know what White Castle I was. I know. Well, you know, you, you were missing it. You had clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's so you true. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, well, we're going to take a ride yeah. or we're going to get our Christmas tree after Mass. Make it a day that's truly enjoyable. Make it a day that's yeah. enjoyable. Enjoyable. Totally. And if there is something that says, okay, I need to attend, then don't lose the spirit of the Sabbath. Right, Bring exactly. Bring it back to the house. And we always say, and I know, Father, these are simple ways in your spiritual plan. First of all, everybody... The morning offering. Absolutely. Just family, we're going to pray it. Yeah. I remember Joanne would carpool kids yep. to St. Yeah. Agatha. Yeah. And what they got in the car. Absolutely. They knew they were going to pray the morning offering. Yeah. In the car. That's so true. And these are all very, very practical things for that spiritual plan. We're looking yeah. ahead to Advent beginning tomorrow with the Vigil Mass and entering into Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent. And so, you know, we're covering right now creating a spiritual plan for the next liturgical year, which begins with the first sign of Advent. And so we get some very basic things for you to consider. You know, enthrone the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacred heart in your home. Bring the sacred heart of Jesus into your home. Reclaim Sunday as the Lord's Day. Mass, prayer, worship, rest, enjoyment, you know? Um, rekindle within yourself that that attentiveness to the presence of Jesus among you. You know, one of the things I would throw out is, Get holy water and bless the hell out of your house. Oh, yeah. And Literally. get in the routine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You know, and kind of get in the yes. routine. It's like, and we tend to forget things, you know, if we don't create a routine. It's like first Friday of the month is a perfect day to just reclaim your home for the kingdom of the Lord by re-blessing it with holy water. And I think we've forgotten the power of those little you things. You know, a friend of mine puts holy water in one of those spray bottles. Absolutely. And then walks around. Totally. Periodically. Yep. And says a prayer. Yeah. And I think that's really a great idea, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I know at the Congress this year, uh, we handed out these cards, uh, Sacred Heart Devotion, Nine First Fridays. Yeah. And it talks about step one, step two. It talks about the promises. And then you can put a date on each one. Yes. Go to your calendars. Yeah. Look at every first Friday. Yep. Help, help them understand why going to Mass mm. on First Friday is important. Well, and I think that leads us into a very beautiful thing. So, you know, as we hit December today, uh, towards the end of the month, we start to enter into a three-year-long anniversary. So it's the 350th anniversary of when the Lord started to really speak to St. Margaret Mary. And in those conversations he had to St. Margaret Mary uh, in her monastery in France, you know, he he spoke these words— which are promises to you and me, all of humanity. And 
in those promises, he lets us know. I mean, it's literally God making a promise. It's a covenant. You know, God is making a promise. Jesus Christ is making promises. What is he ever? You know, and he's making a promise with us. And it's got 12 different parts as it's been summarized and broken down. Um, You know, and in that, he lets us know for those who receive him in Holy Communion on nine consecutive First Fridays, you know, on nine consecutive First Fridays, for those who receive Holy Communion and offer up the graces of the Holy Communion in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus, against the Heart of Jesus, um, you know, he offers us that refuge at the time of death. He and he alone will be our refuge at the time of death. And I think that's important because a lot of times we look ahead and it's like the First Friday is Good Friday. Well, there's no Mass, but we can receive our Lord and Holy Communion, right? And I think there's the power in that. And then also to kind of understand the Lord's giving us another way to just remain grounded. He's not, you know, convoluting or making complex the message. He's giving us another way to and hold Father, on to him. And Father, if you're making the first Fridays, why not make the the first Saturdays? It's true. And then, of course, reconciliation. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the reality of receiving our Lord is what the Lord speaks of, but what does that require? A state of grace. Yeah. Being in a state of grace. But I think coming back, what really got me, they shall not die under my displeasure, right. nor without receiving the sacraments. Right. And we've ex- shared uh, with our audience that Joanne's father was yes. part of the men of the sacred hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have seen this over and over, how these people right at the end. Yep. And maybe can you shorten Extraordinarily. your Extraordinarily. With your father's story. Quick oh, one. yeah. Well, Quick quickly. One. Oh, We'll catch on. Stay okay. tuned. Do we have time? <laughs> so, as we bring this segment to a close, we're going to hey. begin with. Yeah. Hey, we got a good one coming. Father. A good one's so coming. you have a reason to tune back in. So we're bringing the first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour to a close on this first Friday of the month, uh, this first Friday of the month of December. So everything we do, everything we pray, we offer up to the, the glory of the Lord's Sacred Heart and reparation for any and all sins committed against him. So we invite you to join us as we offer up a prayer of renewal for our covenant with the Lord. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. We thank you, dear Lord, for all the blessings of this day. And we ask you to protect us as we strive to serve you throughout this life. Amen. 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 I have a word for singles who are getting a bit older and are dating. I've met many of you who are waiting for that experience of being swept off your feet and finding the one. Stop putting that kind of emotional pressure on yourself. One of the reasons young lovers are swept off their feet is because they're still young. They're figuring out who they are, where they fit in the world, and what to do with their lives. They just left mom and dad a few years ago. They get swept off their feet easily because they're not all that stable. As you get older and more established, you know yourself. You meet potential spouses and love unfolds in a different sort of way a more peaceful way, one that puts solid friendship first. And like it is with a seasoned married couple, the fire of love isn't always as impassioned as you grow older, but it's deeper and in many ways, far more beautiful. 
This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Well, as a teenager, I didn't really see how relevant uh, religion was in my life. In my early 20s, I, I began to look at other faiths. Well, I, I understand as, as a Catholic that the things that I, were, I was given uh, at a very early age, those things never ended. They're still with me. That's what drew me back. Because the Catholic Church is, a, is worldwide, there are so many different types of people that come to the church, and, and it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. I'm where God wants me to be, and, and I feel like my life is, can be used for what He wants now. And when I came back, I said, Lord, you were waiting for me the whole time with your arms open wide, and I have come home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning again, and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Radio. If you're hearing us live, that means it's the first Friday of the month. And if it's the first Friday of the month, that means everything we do today, we offer up to the Lord Jesus Christ in reparation for any offenses and sins against his most sacred heart. This is Father Stas Jaley joining you live from the studios with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning. And as we enter into the second segment of our Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we commend ourselves to the mercy of the Lord's Sacred Heart. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you. I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, last segment, we like went to take off. Oh, <laughs> and then we did it. I <laughs> yes. Well, I was about to share the story as we were talking about a promise of the Sacred Heart that you know, in the time of death, that you will receive your sacraments. Making the first Fridays. Making the first Fridays. And so I was to share a story about my father who always made the first Fridays, really since he was a young man, maybe even as a child. And he then was 90 years old. And he said to me, honey, never worry. The Lord keeps his promises. I will always be covered. And it was like, okay, dad. Well, he was in Cincinnati. We're in Columbus. We get the call congestive heart he's in the emergency room so we drive and i requested a priest and i was told that it was a terrible night it was a snowy night there was no priest assigned to the hospital that we would have to contact the parish which of course we didn't know mm. being you know in another diocese so um i said oh gee you know father he's in the emergency room in his little cubicle and uh they said well you know uh we'll send um a chaplain and i'm hoping it's a priest well it wasn't very nice woman who said she would pray with him i said oh great 
thank you, but we really, we really need a priest. We're Catholic. So she comes back in about less than five minutes and says, this is amazing. My friend, Father Bob is here in the cubicle next to you. It's his day off and his aunt is having a problem. So he is here with his aunt in the emergency room in his blue jeans and golf shirt. And, you know, because it was his day off. And I asked him if, you know, he would be willing to see your father and give him the Catholic sacraments. He said, certainly. Oh, wow. So father literally went from one curtain to the other. (laughs) And my father was not one bit surprised. He was like, see, honey, I told you, God keeps his promises. But I knew it was it was so extraordinary. And because it was his day off, he wasn't in his clerics, we would have never known that there was a priest if it hadn't been for that very nice woman, the chapel. Yeah, exactly. So that's just one extraordinary story. We hear many. Oh, it's true. And, yeah. uh, you know, and so Emily true. put some of them in her newsletter, which we really, really invite you to get the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter and sign up your friends for the newsletter. And you sign up by welcome, welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com, and it comes to you through the email every month, and there's a lot to that. And I think as a follow-up to what we're talking about, Father, and this uh Our Lord had to appear to St. Margaret Mary. So on December the 27th, uh, 1673, so this is the 350th anniversary that we're celebrating. And I think, Father, uh, as we look at at the first apparition, I'd like to just read this. My divine heart from Jesus, my divine heart so passionately fond of the human race that it cannot keep back the pent up flames of its burning heart. He wants to pour out, our Lord wants to pour out his love to all mankind, which contains all the graces that they have need of. You are chosen, St. Margaret Mary, for this great mission. He then demanded her heart, and she experienced a mystical exchange of hearts with her Savior. And henceforth he called her the beloved disciple of the Sacred Heart to spread the devotion of the Sacred Heart. Mm. And here she was in a cloister convent. <laughs> yeah, given a worldwide mission, <laughs> a big there, assignment. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow, now how am I going to do this? And to spread it, she needed other people, really. Yes. Yeah. And I think we, we have just stepped in to be a vessel. Yeah. Because the Lord didn't say, well, it's going to end after 50 years or 100 years. Yeah. No, this heart continues to want to love and continue to spark you from hardened hearts to more hearts. So your thoughts on that, Father? Well, a couple of things. I, I love how the Lord, when he spoke to St. Margaret Mary, um, knowing that everything he would say would be shared with everybody. I love how he said, my divine heart is so passionately fond of the human race. Hmm. You know, passionately hmm. fond. Um, he's not apathetic towards us. He doesn't look upon us as um, he could, if he wanted to, as just things he's got to sustain. No, like the Lord loves us, and he loves us with a passionate love. 
Um, like with the, and I think Gina those are the perfect words. To remember, Father. Because when you see like the image of his heart engulfed yeah. in the flames, you know, I don't, uh, we oftentimes use the phrase burning furnace of charity, but I, I just think, you know, like when you're in, when you're passionately in love with someone or something, like you're totally engulfed with focus on it. That's how the Lord loves us. And in those darkest moments where, you know, we're, we seem to be fighting temptation on every side and our minds are just overwhelmed mm. and our hearts are divided. Sometimes it's just in that moment, you just kneel and you say, Lord, I, I just need you as much as you want me, you know? And I think it's just a perfect summary that he passionately loves us. And, you know, if you're sitting in your car on your way to work right now, or if you're sitting, uh, you know, at your desk already at work, or maybe you're at home doing the dishes or folding the laundry, or you're planning out the day, or getting ready to head out for errands, um, if you could just remember that you're, you're actually loved, like Jesus loves you, hmm. not with some kind of superficial, uh, shallow love, but like with a passionate zeal. He wants that's you. He so loves you. That's so important, Father. And that's what transforms us in that moment of thinking that we're alone, we're lost, we're left behind. And I, I think, you know, all of us are quite beaten up today, and we've been <laughs> tempted, incredibly so, to think that I'm I'm alone. Like, I'm the last one standing. Does no one else think what I think? Does no one else believe what I believe? Um there's just chaos and confusion. You know, a lot of times we're overwhelmed to think that. But if you could just think about how the Lord says to St. Margaret Mary about all of us, all of humanity, you and me alive right now in 2023, I passionately love you. And that'll transform the way you approach Jesus in the Eucharist. That'll transform the way you go to visit him exposed for adoration. I think it can transform the way we can pray the Mass. Like, He loves and us. And how we interact with others. Absolutely. You know, I think, uh, I think women are more, like, out in the world during this time mm-hmm. preparing for Christmas and shopping and groceries and all that. And, you know, one thing I've started doing, which is I've I found very helpful, is as you pull into the parking lot, you're ready to go into the store, and we have to really acknowledge that we are post-Christian. Yeah. You know, we can't expect to see nativity scenes everywhere right. yeah. and even beautiful Christmas decorations because um, because they're not there, and then we're angry and disappointed. Yeah. But we carry Jesus in our heart. We carry him wherever we go. So stop before you go in there. Put your armor on. Mm-hmm. Put Christ on in a new way. Yeah. And just, you know, be that light. Be that salty salt. And, you know, when someone says happy holiday, say, blessed Christmas to you. And and look them in the eye and see the response. Mm-hmm. Because, um, because we are all hungering yeah. for Jesus. And if we take Christ out of Christmas, we can't. Christ is Christmas. <laughs> it's true. He is Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And no, absolutely. but we have to all we have to be the one to celebrate that yeah. and bring that joy even to the grocery store, even to the any marketplace. It does make a difference. It's true. It does make a difference. Yeah. No, I love how you said you quote Saint Paul. 
before you go into that store, before you go into this place, before you go into that conversation, put mm. on the armor. Put on the armor. You know, and even if it's just a simple prayer, like Lord, give me your grace. Yeah. You know, Lord, help or, me to be your witness. Give me patience. You know, Lord, give me patience. You know, mm. Lord, give me your love. Whatever it is, just I, I love how you say it. Just put on the armor. It makes a difference. It's a huge difference. It really makes yeah. a difference. It's so true. And I, you know, I just was in a conversation with one of the seminarians I have in formation, and I just, I, I told him, I said, you know, we have to make an act of the will to guard our heart. Yeah. So that it's not so easily um, toyed with or messed with or maybe wounded. even weighed down or wounded <laughs> or scarred. You know, just we have to guard our heart. It doesn't mean we, we remain distant from everybody. It just mm. means we give our heart to the one to whom it belongs, the Lord. You know, and we're able to treasure our relationships. We're able to give thanks for our friendships, you know. Uh, but just to have that prudence about us. And But I love, I, I just, I love how you, you know, the Holy Spirit going to give you those words to quote our brother St. Paul, just yeah, put on the armor of Christ. And you know, by doing that, by even saying a little prayer, because, you know, if you're looking for something, mm. a gift, Lord, you help me. Can you help me find something that's really going to be meaningful and it's going to really help this person grow in his love for you? Yep. And it makes a difference. It's true. And I, I, you know, just last year, was last year? Yeah, it was last year. I was gone after Christmas and I was in Assisi and I was walking there and I was by myself. And of course it was like January. So Assisi is like empty. The winds are blowing through the streets. And of course I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. I have the whole medieval town to myself. And I walked into this little store that I know and, and the Lord was just like, uh, literally, I can't even make this up. Mm -hmm. The Lord was like, do you remember that waiter? At Cafe Da Vinci. And I was like, um, okay, yeah, great. You know, like that interior, just the, like the Lord was speaking to my heart. He's like, give him this. And it was like a little, I mean, just a little wood carved crucifix. So I was like, okay, I don't even know this guy's name. Like he brought yeah. my chicken parmigiana. Yeah. Wonderful. Why am I doing this? Come Holy Spirit. I can't say it, not do it. So I brought it back. You know, I never know where that's going to go, how that's going to carry on through the unfolding of time. But it was just asking the Lord, you know, be with me, guide me, let me know what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, it ended up that it was a a gift that ended up touching that young man in a way that I'll never fully appreciate. I believe it. But, you know, and I've got a beautiful thank you note. And it's like, thank you so much. It's like, sorry, dude, that's from Jesus. You know, <laughs> sales, not management. But our task was to listen. Our task is yes. always to listen and to follow that prompting. But I love how you took it from a different angle. You're like, mm-hmm. I know I I want to love this person through a little gift. Lord, help me find the right one. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Lord's like, dude, you need to support the economy. Go get a gift for this guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But if we just listen to him yeah. and follow those promptings of the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm just reminded of Father Mike Scanlon. He would always kind of bring us back to those Holy Spirit moments. He's like, listen. Mm-hmm. He speaks. Listen to him. And you know, when you follow those inspirations, and sometimes, you, like you say, you don't know what about the cross. You'll know in heaven. But sometimes you do know. That's true. Sometimes you know. And we have the perfect thing here at, you know, for the um, uh, Sacred Heart Apostolate, our holy cards, our little cards yeah. with the yep. image of the Sacred Heart and the prayer. And that beautiful prayer. And they're so easy to have them even in your purse or in your on your Christmas wallet, cards. On your Christmas you can put them cards. in your Christmas cards. Father, <laughs> Father, that is really a great idea. 
Chuck, did you? Let's do that. You know, his marketing, <laughs> you could tell that this one-on-one marketing course he's been taking for eight years oh, for some fruit coming we, from it. We've already printed what, about 100,000, oh, yeah, print 100,000 more. Plus. But I think... Told you, you know, it was I, a live show. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be going into the great feast days coming up. It's true. Yeah. But quickly, I wonder, you mentioned how much our Lord loves us. Yeah. And Bishop Sheen, uh, EWTN Radio and EWTN TV. Yeah. And I turned it on, and you can't record, you can't record uh, his shows, but he talked about real love. Right. And he put it in two columns. He put one column as objects, mm. and one column as nobility. Mm. And I was thinking, our Lord loves us like nobility. Yeah. We are the top of the top. Right. We, you know, it's not about our jobs. It's not about what we make. It's about who we are. He puts us, he he wants us to be nobility. Yeah. We have a society that wants people to be objects. Mm. And we have True. to be careful yep. that we don't lose our love that the Lord wants to give us through nobility by going, lowering ourselves. So all Chuck, of us, that's profound. Thank you. <laughs> but but all of us need during Advent to help build up our families to nobility, our children and men. That's, you, yeah. you are the head of the household. Mm. When you honor your wife and you make her nobility, you then making the children nobility. Yeah. And we all struggle sometimes me included, mm -hmm. that I can bring it down a little bit, Father, that mm -hmm. I have to go to confession. But when we can make that uh, that position, that we're going to treat her like nobility, and we're going to we're going to always honor her, then the children will start honoring their moms. That's true. That's and, very and true. This yeah. Advent might be something that this is what you do. That's so true. And uh, so, yeah. in closing, any. Comments, because I know, Father, we got about ten minutes. Oh and my, man, this is going so fast we, we again. Are, we are loaded. <laughs> We're loaded with feast days. So let's start December the eighth. Well, we are loaded with grace and feast days. Just to be clear, <laughs> I think. Well, here's the thing. Going back to that comment you just made, I mean, the if I could just offer this word of encouragement to the men who may be listening, um, if we are able to gaze upon an image of the baby Jesus and want to hold him as much as we would want to uh, want to hold our own child mm. that cultivates within us the necessary humility to treasure Jesus in the Eucharist mm. to be able to understand and appreciate his sacrifice on the cross but in this season we it, we're given the opportunity to beg for the grace from our father in heaven to be able to gaze upon his son Jesus born as an infant and want to hold him and protect him and keep him close like we would our own baby, our own son, our own daughter, you know? I, I think for men to be able to be the men that they're supposed to be, they have to reclaim first their humanity. Yes. And then reclaiming their humanity, they reclaim what else? Their masculinity. And reclaiming their, reclaiming their masculinity, they reclaim their paternity that spousal dimension of, like you said, honoring their wife, but also wanting to scoop up the infant Jesus and protect him, hold him, 
cherish him, provide for him. And I think, you know, we have a beautiful example in St. Joseph, you know, and as much as I'm so, I, I love everything about Christmas. I love everything about the nativity set. When we gaze upon the nativity scene, whether it's in church, at home, on a holy card, on TV, whatever the case may be, I think we have to admit something. It's unrealistic. There's no way a mother and father, there's no way good St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary would ever be at a distance from the infant Jesus. Oh, yeah. But the reason why they are, the reason why they are is so that we can become close to him. Yeah. You know, so think about that the next time you gaze upon the Christmas scene, the yeah. crush, the crib. Why are I've Mary and Joseph at a distance? Too, They're only portrayed at a distance so that we can be close. There's no way Our Lady would have let down the baby. I wondered about you know? that same thing. So the only dis- the only reason for that distance in that art, that wow. image, the statue, is so that we can draw close and pick him up and hold him. That is beautiful. And especially to the men, like we need to reclaim that sense of our own humanity, our own masculinity, our own paternity to want to hold the infant, protect him, guide him, cherish him, you know? Uh, and then when we can do that, it fosters within us the necessary mm-hmm. humility to treasure Jesus in the Eucharist, to want to receive our Lord with uh, honor. Like you said, I love that word, with a certain uh, dignity and nobility, to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. How do we do that if not by cultivating within us an attentiveness to his infancy, his childhood, the vulnerability of his infancy? I mean, there's just so so much power there. How do we work to restore our marriages? How do we work to restore our our paternity among our children, whether they be little, young, old, out of the house, if not by working to restore our own humanity, our masculinity? Um, And how how do we do that if not by God's grace? And God's grace will direct us towards the infancy, the vulnerability of Jesus. And then, of course, in the Eucharist, you know, to be the man who adores the Lord. Well, enthroning is Absolutely. definitely totally. a total step forward. Well, Full and it brings the Eucharist into the home. It yeah. brings Jesus back into the home. So it's not just we leave the church. Absolutely. No, we come back into a holy home. The domestic church. The domestic mm-hmm. church. Absolutely. And so forth. Well, Father, there are probably 13 feast days. <laughs> we might as well go to the big one, the birth. I mean, and let everything else follow. I mean, if our mics weren't suspended, it'd be a time for a mic drop. But we can't do that. This program director, he's hard on us. I know. I know. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is the one that drives the boat. (laughs) He wants wants the manger scene. Speaking of which, it's the 800th anniversary of the Nativity in Greccio. Oh, really? Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) He gives us an extra five minutes. <laughs> so actually, I mean, we just received a letter that the Holy Father, Pope Francis, granted a special indulgence for people who will visit a Franciscan church where the nativity set is uh, up for display. And you can visit that Franciscan church, visit the nativity set, pray for the intentions of the Holy Father, uh, make an act of honor for the incarnation of the Lord. Here in the, our diocese, uh, the Diocese of Columbus, yeah. we do have a Franciscan church. It's Christ the King. And St. Thomas. So whenever the you know the Capuchin friars erect their nativity set, uh, you know we're able to participate in that beautiful gift. But it's in celebration of the 800th anniversary of St. Francis on uh, the vigil of Christmas, you know, the 24th. He did a live nativity set, which then led into midnight mass. Oh, and beautiful. so in celebration of the 800th anniversary, wow. the church has opened up this you know treasure trove of mercy and forgiveness and just you know grace. Um, by for those who will visit Wouldn't a Franciscan it be something church. if we would do the same thing 
have a live nativity scene and process into mass. I think that would be amazing. I agree. Bring the animals. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Any thoughts regarding feast days? You got five, three minutes. I mean, we got some biggies. We have everyone from St. John of the Cross to, of course, on December 14th. Then we have Our Lady Guadalupe on the 12th. We have the Holy Day, the Immaculate Conception on December 8th. So, I mean, there's just one big moment for a celebration after another, after another, after another. And, of course, we hit the climax of the Nativity of the Lord Jesus Christ on the 25th, followed by the Feast of the Holy Family, Holy Innocence. That's a great—that's when we enthrone our home. Feast of the Holy Family. Feast, Feast of, of the, the Holy, Holy Family. Family, yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful time to enthrone or renew your yeah. home. Well, any of these are. Yes. All of them. Powerful. I'm winded. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't know It's like why. it was a live show I on air. I can imagine my father. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ultimately, all of these feast days, these beautiful moments, these days and time which give us opportunities to pray, praise the Lord for the gift of our faith, it brings us back to Jesus. It brings and us back I, to Jesus in the home. I hope this radio program is maybe giving you pause for reflection, for just renewal, and just to really have this be the very best Christmas, the most blessed Christmas ever, mm-hmm. because um, that's what God wants for you. Yeah. And also as a resource, you can go on welcomeisheart.com. Our executive, our national director, Emily Chaminette, has a uh, Advent reflection every day. Uh, people around our diocese and around the world have signed up. You can sign up and get the reflection because we need to continue, as Father said, bring Jesus, reclaim the Advent season. Don't jump to the birth. Prepare yourself. We're in preparation. This is a wonderful time to bring Jesus. I'll just throw in my little exclamation point. Just remember how much the Lord loves you. He passionately Mm. loves you. Thank you for joining us on this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We bring this hour to a close as we prepare to live the rest of this day in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus by closing with this prayer. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be our king forever. In you we have full and entire confidence. May your Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys, and in our trials, and in our labors. Grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without faltering. Amen. Amen. Amen.